All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News, where today, yes, the Durham trial finally opened. Yes, we've been hearing about it for months, right? The case against Michael Sussman, the Clinton campaign lawyer who went to the FBI and shared fake or bad or inaccurate Russia dirt on Donald Trump in the closing days of the 2016 election. And according to John Durham, lied to the FBI saying, I'm bringing this to you as an American citizen, just trying to do the right thing to help the FBI, not because I'm working for any client. Well, in fact, according to John Durham and his indictment, he was working on behalf of two clients, the Clinton campaign and Rodney Jaffe, a tech executive aligned with the Clinton campaign. That lie, according to Durham was material. It misled or pushed the FBI to open a case that it might otherwise have looked at differently if it knew it was coming from the Clinton orbit in the final days of an election. Very important development. Now, that case opened and immediately we had opening statements today and John Durham laid out his case with his team very clearly. And that is that John Durham tried to use the FBI as a political tool, that's a direct quote, to create an October surprise that would harm Donald Trump's election chances. That He went to the FBI with the specific goal of trying to create a political election problem for Donald Trump, misusing or abusing the FBI. And in the process, he needed to lie to make sure that the FBI would really open up on the case. A very important opening statement today. Most of us who follow this case have always suspected it, but today the government put that on the record. And I think that's very important. The defense gave a different story. Saying, Listen, the FBI knew what was going on. They knew that Sussman had a political client, and it's unfair. This is a lot of commotion about something that isn't worth that much. That's what the defense said. We'll see how the D.C. jury plays out on this. A very interesting trial. But today it opened, and the October surprise is the opening focus of the Durham team. I think that's a very important Now, I want to take one other element of this trial, because it is happening in Washington, D.C., a city where Democrats are about 90 percent to 10 percent Republicans. In fact, Hillary Clinton in 2016 won the District of Columbia 90.9 percent, 91 percent to 4 percent. Republicans are not a big part of the jury pool. Independents are not a big part of the jury pool. And so you see some oddities in this case that people will be talking about. For instance, there are three jurors who, in their questioning, donated to the Clinton campaign. So you got three jurors who were Clinton campaign supporters. A lot of people are going to be worried about that. John Durham didn't seem to be, but just so you know that. A fourth juror on the 12-member panel donated to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as she's known colloquially here in Washington. So there is a very liberal jury poll. Now, in addition to that, the judge, who, by the way, has been very fair thus far to John Durham, but U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper, well, his wife is the lawyer for the FBI, former FBI counsel, Lisa Page. So she is a 
Democrat herself, worked in the Clinton campaign. And so when you put all those together, you realize that this trial is going to be carried out in a very left-leaning city with a very left-leaning jury poll with a judge who has a left-leaning wife who's connected to part of this FBI caper. We got to keep that in mind. That's a very important part. Now, we've got two amazing guests today because it is Pennsylvania Election Day. That's right. Donald Trump has put his winning streak on the line. He's got, I think, 55 primary wins against one loss thus far. But tonight, he's put it behind Dr. Oz. He's put it behind Doug Mastriano. And we'll see how he fares a very important night. So first up in the podcast, the former White House chief of staff, former congressman from North Carolina and good friend of this show, Mark Meadows, joins us. We're going to talk about the election, the context of it all, the strength of the Trump endorsement, what Trump may be doing behind the scenes that we can't see that are helping candidates like J.D. Vance just benefited in Ohio, maybe like Dr. Oz will see tonight. We'll get all that. And of course, because Mark Meadows is a very important part of unraveling the Sussman slash Russia collusion story. We're going to ask him about that. And then we are going to go to a very good friend of this show, Tim Stewart, the head of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. We're going to talk about that inflation tax, that gas tax that the Biden energy policies have foisted upon America. Believe it or not, gas prices reached an all-time high in the last week, almost 445 nationwide historic highs that are eating into everyone's budget, whether you're a trucking company or an airline or a mom and dad taking the kids to school or driving to work every day. It has gotten extremely expensive to fill your tank. And some people now are forced to choose between their gas tank and their grocery bill. That's not something that America wants. And we are so lucky, so, so lucky to have Tim Stewart, one of the real experts in the energy space and a man who came on the show a year ago and predicted this moment. He told us it would be at $4 plus gas. He told us that the energy policies would create shortages, create crises, create what he called an energy poverty in America. We're going to go back and ask him about that because every one of those comments he made a year ago turned out to be true. That's why we're so proud of the guests that we bring on the show. They bring you true information. They bring you analysis that almost always turns out to be true because of their extraordinary command of their subject. And Tim Stewart of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association is one of those guys, as is, you know, Mark Meadows. We've had him on here. He always makes news when he comes here. What a great show. So we shouldn't delay any further. Let's get right to the commercial break. When we come back, first up, Mark Meadows, former Trump White House Chief of Staff, former Congressman, and one of the key people who unraveled the Russia collusion caper right after this. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious field of greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer. No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. 
But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. This next guest, he doesn't need any introduction at all. Everybody knows him for the great work he's done, both as the Trump White House Chief of Staff and before that as one of the most important members in Congress, one of the driving forces of the Freedom Caucus, and of course, one of the men who unraveled the Russia collusion case. He was at the forefront of that. Joining me right now, my good friend, Mark Meadows. Mark, great to have you back on the show. John, great to be with you, and and, uh, you're giving me those kudos. I would like to to give you some kudos. As a reporter, uh, there were only a few reporters who were willing to report the truth and the whole Russia collusion narrative. And not only did you report the truth, but you were digging and digging and digging. And much of what we're starting to see unravel is doing no small part to the great uh, uh, bit of journalism that you did while I was a member of Congress. You know how to make an Irish guy blush, and that's hard to do. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Yeah, listen, it's... um, it's an amazing thing to realize what we live through. And we're, we're headed into the 2022 election, and we're still learning about the dirty tricks that were played out in 2016. What a remarkable six years we just all lived through. It's crazy. Well, it is crazy. And I think probably the biggest thing is is that Democrats, as you know, went on every Sunday show. They went on every single left-wing media outlet that they possibly could to talk about how Russia was responsible for Donald J. Trump being in the White House. And you and I both know that not only was that not true, but they were spinning a tale that uh, really was a reflection of themselves in the mirror. It was. And uh, and their whole coordinated effort. And so, John Durham, uh, it's been a long time coming. You and I have waited for this for some time, but hopefully they'll start to make – some real progress in, in holding uh, people accountable for using the FBI and the DOJ as part of a political operation. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. And, you know, it's a funny thing, uh, uh, just a little aside in this, but Eric Lichtblau, former New York Times reporter, he's going to be a def- witness for the defense. And I was going back as, as I was preparing for this and looking at some of his headlines, and I just called some of these headlines up. They're really, uh, they're fun now to look back at them. April 22nd, 2017, Eric Lichtblau wrote, Comey tried to shield the FBI from politics. Uh, no, actually, he didn't. Uh, a couple days before that, he wrote a headline, CIA had evidence of Russian effort to help Trump earlier than believed. No, actually, the CIA was debunking Sussman stuff. It's kind of fun to look back at where the mainstream media was with the Democrats and how much of a ride that they got taken forward. I think this trial may be the moment where people get to see the complicity of reporters the, you know, the, the bureaucracy, the intelligence bureaucracy and the democratic machinery, your thoughts having unraveled that, because when you started unraveling this, there was a lot of incoming fire at you and Devin Nunes. But you knew from the beginning that that was the alliance. Is this the moment America gets to see that complicity? Well, I, I believe so. I think they'll start to see it. Uh, and, and listen, it was a number of uh, people actually giving false stories to the New York Times, to uh, 
Washington Post and to others, you know, they would shop not just the dossier, but they would shop all these different narratives. And, and yet, as journalists, you would expect them to actually dig deeper. And what they did was took the credibility of uh, many times friends, uh, associates or, or friends of friends and, and ran with it. And, and suggested that the dots actually were connected when, indeed, the dots would show a, a picture that was totally uh, opposite of the narrative that they were pushing. As you mentioned, uh, you know, when you look at, at the CIA and FBI's involvement, uh, it, it, was, it was not necessarily, and, and I'm talking about at the very top levels, uh, the, the vast majority of the FBI and DOJ right. are wonderful public servants that do a great job of, of uh, defending our country. And yet, James Comey and, and others, uh, Andy McCabe and others at the very top, uh, at worst, uh, you know, were complicit and helped along with it. But even at best, uh, they didn't do the research to actually uh, bring to light what you and I both know is is that this was uh, a, a campaign operation, operation for uh, not only trying to sway the election in 2016, but spin a total narrative that would take the focus off of Hillary Clinton and and others. And they did it under the guise of legitimate journalism. And uh, I, I can remember telling a couple of reporters I said, there's a Pulitzer Prize here if you would just look at the facts and report them. Uh, but they were winning Pulitzers for a false narrative that's about to come unraveled. Yeah, that they were. And uh, thank goodness now we're finally going to get some more of that truth. There are going to be some career FBI agents and career CIA personnel that testify. And I think people will get to see the goodness of the everyday people that work in those agencies, even when their political leaders lead them astray. I think the jury's going to get to see what real pros look like when uh, when John Durham calls them. I want to pivot to uh, an important thing because no one understands President Trump better than you. He got to be his, he was his chief of staff. He, he ran a very important moment in the White House's history. Um, there's a big election tonight in Pennsylvania. Uh, people see what they see in the media, but there's a whole other component that President Trump brings when he gets behind a Dr. Oz or he gets behind a Doug Mastriano. Can you tell us a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes in a place like Pennsylvania, North Carolina, um, uh, Ohio a couple of weeks ago, where Donald Trump brings some resources that are pretty impressive and we never really get to see them? Well, it, it's uh, it's not just the resources that he brings, but it's the credibility of an endorsement that uh, quite frankly, John, I've never seen in, in my uh, almost 63 years of being, uh, uh, you know, walking on the face of this this great uh, country uh, that we, we call home. But I, I can tell you this, that it is the behind the scenes that actually makes a difference. So, so yes, he does an endorsement. Uh, he'll actually go in and, as you know, uh, he'll do the rallies and the rallies oftentimes um, are people that are showing up to support him, not necessarily his endorsed candidate, but but they uh, I, 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 maybe I can best tell it uh, by what happened in Ohio. And, and I agree. I think he, he brings uh, Oz a, across the finish line uh, tonight. Uh, the, the, the race that was actually they were all criticizing President Trump about was Ted Budd in North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see him win uh, by digits. Yeah. Yeah. And against a very popular uh, past former Republican governor that had name ID uh, probably second only to Donald Trump in the state of North Carolina. But here's what he does. He, he'll he'll not only do the rallies, he'll he'll uh, come in, he'll do town hall calls. Uh, he puts the word out with a number of, of operatives uh, in in each individual state robocalls that he will do. And so uh, a lot of people look just for the hard dollars, just for the dollars spent. And uh, and if the president needs to, with his, his PACs, uh, he's, he's actually willing to spend those dollars in the midterm as well. Uh, but he does a whole bunch on the front end uh, about electability uh, and, and trying to make sure that he finds someone who uh, not only uh, embraces the America First agenda, but is willing to win. And uh, uh, 
and and even though uh, you know we, you and I are here talking about Pennsylvania right now, it's going to be close. Yep. But the the second place finisher, if it comes out the way that you and I think it will, uh, she's she's got an incredible, compelling personal story. She does. And and is is pro Trump. I mean, it's not like it's a never Trumper against a pro Trumper. Uh, you you got to figure. You know, it's not only first second. But first, second, and third in the state of Pennsylvania were all running on a pro-Trump platform. Uh, he's transformed it, but he's able to to mobilize uh, that forgotten man and woman in ways that uh, traditional consultants still have yet to figure out. You know, all they want is endorsement and say, go home. Yep. Uh, you don't get the benefit of the, the Trump machine if that's what you do. I recently got to see a letter. It's a little old now because it, it was sent uh, back in January. But Glenn Youngkin sent this remarkable personal note to Donald Trump, thanking him for something he did the night before the election, which Donald Trump doesn't take credit for. He doesn't tell people, but he did this giant uh, set of to- uh, phone calls, town, telephone town uh, halls with his base in Virginia the night before. And Glenn Youngkin writes, that was so instrumental in getting the vote out the next day to win. Uh, these are little things that people don't see visibly. You know, They don't hear about it because Donald Trump doesn't brag about it. But these, you know, you get two, three hundred thousand people on a phone call or 70,000 on a phone call. And all of a sudden, uh, a bunch more people are going to the polls the next morning that might not have gone. Uh, these these different layers of Donald Trump's support that the media don't detect until it's too late. They realize, well, that's how Donald Trump. But I didn't know that. It's it's pretty, pretty remarkable. And um, well, it, it, it is. And I can tell you that the media will never even if Donald Trump were talking about it, they wouldn't report it that wouldn't. way. In fact, if you remember with Glenn Youngkin, it was, oh, well, he was dis- distancing himself, That's from right. President Trump, which was not the case. I, you know, I talked to a number of the people on the uh, uh, in the Youngkin campaign, and uh, you're right. That Monday night, it was a get out the vote effort that was um, similar to what he did in Pennsylvania yesterday. Right. And and uh, and what we saw in Virginia and I think what we'll see in North Carolina and Pennsylvania and and other states to come is that all of a sudden those undecided voters at the very last minute uh, will say, listen, I loved what Donald Trump was able to do for us in the White House. We're going to support his candidate. It may not be my first pick, may not even be my second pick, but if he's with them, uh, I'm going to go that way. And that's what happened in Ohio. I was going to say that. you know, uh, Josh Mandel had had a real strong lead. In he fact, sure J.D. Did. Vance is now the nominee, was in third, maybe fourth place, depending on which poll. And uh, President Trump's endorsement and then continued uh, involvement over really a 10-day period um, took J.D. Vance from, from a uh, a fourth place finish to uh, being the nominee and and I believe the next uh, senator from the great state of Ohio. It's pretty remarkable. And uh, it'll take years for people to catch up to what goes on. Uh, the machinery of the Trump movement is so bigger and smarter and swifter than people detect. And I think tonight we'll see another piece of that evidence. I want to take it to one last point because you are uh, were one of the great conciliators in Congress. You could bring people together who had different viewpoints and get them to rally behind things. That's a hard thing. There's a famous moment in my career. There's not many that I remember from interviews, but I got to interview George H.W. Bush once, and I asked him, how did you and Ronald Reagan patch things up after the 80 primary and become this great team that you know swept uh, uh, Carter, Jimmy Carter out of office? And he said, I remember the day the president called me, and, uh, and he said, George, I only got one piece of advice from here to forward. And he said, Ronnie, what is that? And he said, um, if you're going to pull the pin on a hand grenade from this point forward and you're in my foxhole, for God's sake, throw it on the other guys. And I thought that was such a great moment. There'll be a moment in September where all the primaries will be over. How do Republicans come together and make sure that they take back both chambers of Congress and get a mandate to govern Washington and stop what Joe Biden has started in Washington? Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is not only recognizing that what we're fighting for is so much bigger than any one candidate. Uh, you got to recognize that. And then the other is, is uh, people like me who are very conservative uh, has, we have to push for the most conservative person that's electable. Uh, Now, Washington DC will say that no conservative is ever electable. (laughs) Uh, And so I want to make sure that your listeners understand that what I'm saying is 
we need to make sure states like Texas and Georgia and Florida and North Carolina uh, and some of the more traditional conservative states perform with the most conservative nominees. But in some of those states where perhaps it is a lot more moderate, take it uh, maybe a Republican nominee in the state of Pennsylvania, a Republican nominee in California, uh, we've got to to make sure that that we uh, we help them understand how important it is to have the majority, because at, at this point. And a majority, and I want to be clear, a majority that actually gets things done, because it's not enough to have just an R behind the name and put somebody in there as a new speaker or leader of the Senate. Uh, we need to make sure that they're actually performing. And so uh, I'm going to be helping with that. I know Donald Trump is going to be helping with that to, to move some of these people that perhaps uh, are more of an uh, acquired taste, yep. uh, move those <laughs> to, uh, to victory in, in, in November. That's an important mission. That's why what you're doing at the Conservative Policy Institute is so important. Mark, how do people follow what you're doing there? It's one of the great organizations having huge impact. Everyone I talk to watching, have you seen what CPI's done? Have you seen what Mark's doing? How do people stay in touch with what you're doing there? Yeah, listen, uh, CPI, uh, CPI.org, uh, you can follow all the initiatives that we're getting involved with, but I can tell you that uh, we believe that uh, our, our best days are ahead. We're going to actually have to work very, very hard to make sure that that forgotten man and woman that Donald Trump represented when he went into the White House continues to be represented here on Capitol Hill. And so, uh, you know, reach out to us at CPI.org. Uh, on all the social platforms or by email, and we'd love to love to chat and keep you better informed. That's a great organization that is really on the pulse of so many of the most important issues and the policies and the next ideas that are going to make America great again. Mark, it is always an honor to have you on this show. We always walk away smarter than when we started. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, John. Great to be with you. Keep up the great work. I sure will try. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this commercial message. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know right now in the middle of this inflation and energy crisis that straight talk is what Americans want. And our next guest gives us that every time we have him on the show. He has been right on the money predicting everything that the Biden administration would do. Joining us right now from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, our good friend, Tim Stewart. Tim, great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It is an extraordinary time, and you predicted everything we're living in right now on the show over the last several times you've been here. You've nailed it. Average price of gas hit four forty-eight. A lot of people are starting to see a future with $5 in it. Uh, are we headed that way for the summer? You know, 
I wish I could uh, have that crystal ball. I hope not, to be honest with you. And that may seem counterintuitive to have an oil and gas executive saying, I don't want to see a $5 gasoline. But the reality is, is the worst thing in the world would be for a demand collapse to take place in the industry right now. People just not being able to afford to do what they need to do to drive and to buy things. So I hope we don't get there. But unfortunately, I think the all the market indicators, John, are, are pointing to that direction that we're going to see historic gasoline and diesel prices over the, over the, the summer. And that's really concerning for all of us. Yeah. And diesel hits farmers who are also hit with the uh, um, reality that uh, they're going to be fertilizer shortage. There already are fertilizer shortages because petroleum, obviously, is an important part of that equation as well. We're in the moment of a crisis with people being forced to, to make tough choices. But a year from now, does this have a downstream impact on the food stock and on the food supply of the world? I think it hasn't. It's already you're already starting to see that. Yeah, you know, point. you and I've talked in the past. Uh, I come from a farming background, and uh, my brothers who are running farms and our, our friends out west who are running farms, who are spending five or seven thousand dollars a week to keep the, the tractors uh, fueled up to get the spring crops in. Uh, that has that's going to have a tremendous impact. The other the challenges with regards to uh, the entire supply chain and energy prices for the entire supply chain are going to hit a- agriculture in particular. And that obviously is, is the last thing you want to see. Uh, and so from, from the industry's perspective, from the oil and gas producer's perspective, since we are at the top of the food chain like the farmer is, you know, we're price takers. And we, what we can do is we can put the, the product and the supply out into the system what happens to it from further down the supply chain? Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to control as much as, as people think that we do. But uh, we're, we're concerned uh, with the impact on agriculture, on manufacturing, not just transportation. Yeah, downstream is it. And you, you used a term uh, uh, two times ago when you were on the show that I think is becoming a reality. I, I saw a woman at the store yesterday struggling to pay her phone bill, or I'm sorry, her food bill, and she said, I just filled up the tank. I should have saved some extra money. When you look at this energy, energy poverty is a real uh, phenomenon that we're entering into for a whole class of Americans, aren't we? We are. And I was actually asked the question over the weekend, well, how high is, is too high of gasoline price? And my response is, it's too high when you can't afford it. Yeah. And, and that, that is every American family, every American worker is trying to make those decisions right now. You're starting to see people make some significant rational choices as to can I afford to buy gasoline and, and get to work or do I not take that job that may be 30 miles away if I'm a, you know, say a, a contractor or something like that because the fuel costs are, are, will eat up any profit I might have. I actually had the bug guy at my house a couple of day, a couple of weeks ago and he asked me, you know, he was doing his, his spraying for, for bugs and he says, well, what are prices going to go? And I said, I really wish I could tell you. He says, well, I only fill up my tank at a half a at a half a tank at a time because one, it's too expensive to do a full tank, and two, I got to figure figure out when and where gas is going to go, and when it goes, when it drops a couple cents, that's when I run and jump. So we're seeing families wow. all across the country making decisions. I mean, we're doing it as well. I'm sure your family is doing it as well. It's we we don't want to be in this position, and unfortunately, uh, not to get too political, but we have an administration who is not helping us out here. They're not they're, they're not taking this seriously. It seems like, uh, uh, you know, they, they have no strategy to get us out of this crisis. And, and frankly, we've got a president who's wandering around with his left turn blinker on, and it's really concerning for us all. <laughs> yeah, because if you keep you going in circles, uh, there was a, a very powerful opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend that said, based on the decisions that the administration is making, and I'm going to walk through some of those in a second, um, it's a valid question to now ask, maybe Biden's intention is to have higher gas prices, that they really want this pain on America. Your reaction to that Wall Street Journal op-ed? Well, so there, you know, last week there was an action the administration took, yep. which was, oh, you know, sure. again, the record that diesel prices are at record highs, inventories are, are now getting to almost historic and concerning lows. And what was the major action the administration took last week? We're going to cancel more lease sales. We're going to cancel the offshore lease sales in Alaska and in the Gulf of Mexico. But what I found really interesting, what caught my eye, was who made that announcement. It wasn't the Department of Interior, which manages both of those programs. Right. But it was, it was Gina McCarthy, who is the White House climate advisor. And Gina McCarthy is unelected and unaccountable. But what it tells us is the climatistas 
in the White House are the ones calling all the shots on energy policy. And they're not forward-facing. They don't have to face the, the public like a Secretary of Interior does. So they have this flexibility, frankly, to make decisions that they think fit the greater good versus the actual economic, the economic impact uh, for American families. That's what I think is where all of us are really, really starting to be concerned with is that the, this push, this, this climate agenda at all costs, and particularly economic costs, has to be implemented while they still can. That's something we all ought to be really watching carefully. I want to ask about the cancellation of those leases because those are long-term projects. They take years of investment and they then yield years of benefit, long-term energy supply benefit. There was a claim by the Biden administration that the industry simply wasn't interested in those leases. Is that true? Well, again, this is where I say that's total crap and, yep. don't, and don't see it as this line. Doing business in Alaska and, and in the Gulf are very different from doing business in New Mexico or Wyoming, for example. Right. And you're exactly right. Those projects are massive, multi-billion dollar investments and are, that take years and years to, to complete. Those, those leases wouldn't be nominated if industry wasn't interested in them. And so for them to say, well, they're just not expressing an interest, that's not true because when you're putting that much money on, and time on the table, you don't telegraph your investment punches like, like they would think they would do. So if there is a company that's interested, they're going to be very, very quiet about it because they don't want their competitors to take a look at it. And so I think the White House and, and Interior was not being honest and straightforward with the public when they said that. Everyone I'm hearing is saying that. Everyone in the industry, quite frankly, people inside the Interior Department are telling me, that was not a true statement. There was interest in these leases. And it's just mind boggling that we can't even get an honest answer on something. All right, listen, you want to cancel it, say you're canceling it, but don't lie that there wasn't interest in the project. It, it doesn't help anyone. There's another one that I think, as I talk out and I talk to economists now, I've talked to energy experts, I've talked to some people inside the administration, career people, and that is that somehow the independent companies that are producing are really to blame for this price increase. That's not true either, is it? Uh, that's another BS line, to be honest with you. Yeah. You've got 80, 83% of the production uh, that comes, that is done in the United States, is done by independent companies. Yeah. John, there's a really, really interesting uh, report that came out from the Dallas Fed last week, and then it was backed up from the Minneapolis Fed on Friday. And what they show, those, those, those reports showed that uh, there's very, very little that the the oil and gas companies themselves, the producers, can do to lower retail gasoline prices that are that are high. 83% of the energy production comes from independents. And like I mentioned earlier, we're a lot like farmers. We're price takers. I mean, we don't have retail outlets. We put it into the system and it goes down and what happens to it. Blaming a typical oil and gas producer for the cost of gasoline and diesel is like blaming a farmer who grew wheat for the price of a loaf of bread in the yeah. supermarket. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's not true. Yeah, it's not true. And it, what it shows is, is that there is a fundamental lack of economic understanding of how markets work in this administration when they make claims like that. Yeah, no, and it just gets repeated. Uh, the media repeats it, and this misinformation cycle carries down. And, and if you're somebody at the end of this line, someone is filling out their tank at four or five, six dollars. You don't know what to believe. That's why it's so important that we get you on and have these conversations because you, you're, you're calling it straight. And uh, this is you're right. Both Minneapolis and Dallas Fed <coughs> put out these remarkable reports last week saying, "Hey, the dynamics are wrong here. This is a macro problem, not a micro problem." Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we it, it goes to show what happens when there's years of sort of underinvestment. Uh, in in infrastructure and refining capacity is one of those things. But at the same time, you know, how are, if I'm a refiner or if I'm somebody who's going to finance a refining operation, right? am I going to sink a billion dollars into nope. new refining capacity if the White House is saying that in five or six years we want all fossil fuels to be gone? I'm not no. going to do that because nope. I'm not going to be able to get my investment back. Nope, there's no, no return on investment, and that's only going to exacerbate the problem. I mean, we're, we're creating not just a one- or two-year energy crisis, it looks like we're creating a 5, 10, 15-year crisis, all for an exactly. ideological goal that isn't achievable right now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I want to go back to energy poverty. I mean, again, I, if I could reiterate to anybody listening, this is as much of concern to industry as it is to anybody else on the street. I'm paying the same prices to, to fuel up. That's I'm right. paying the same prices for airfare. And my family's got to make the same make the same sort of rational economic uh, interests as whether or not we buy 
some this or that because of the cost is too high. So I again, from what what we can do from industry's perspective and what we are doing, we've got as many rigs. Actually, our rigs account is way up. Uh, we're back up to where we we're pre-COVID, which is great. The most, what thing we can do is get as much product into the system, which gives the refining capacity. It gives the refiners options. Uh, and, and so that's what we're really doing our best to do is to make sure there's enough product out there domestically, despite what the White House is trying to do against us. Yep. And so it's such an important dynamic to understand those rigs are going up, that the pumping of energy out of our ground is going as much as the administration's allowing. And that's really the only counterbalance we have to this trend. Otherwise, there aren't any other trend lines that are helpful. And that includes in the Congress. I want to ask you about this continuing on the false narrative that somehow the independent producers are to blame for this price spike. There is a bill that they're out there to, they're calling it a price gouging bill. But in fact, it seems to me like it's the goal is to actually implement price controls, even though the market is driving uh, the cost up. How concerned are you about this new legislation that Democrats want to take up in the House? Well, yeah, we're obviously very concerned because not just for the oil and gas industry, because, because you and I both know that price controls never work. Whenever you implement price control, the most immediate thing that happens is you increase scarcity of the products you're actually trying to control. And so you're, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something that everybody should be paying attention to. This is that classic congressional head fake, which is I will do something that will have zero impact immediately, but at least I'll be able to talk about the something that I did. This is going to be this dog and pony show that the House Democrats are going to do this week. And t- you know, look, let's not fool ourselves. This, you hit it exactly right. It isn't, a, it isn't a price gouging bill. It is a price control bill. It's a Democratic attempt to give President Biden the authority to literally establish what a morally acceptable price of a gallon of gasoline is going to be. That's a concern to all of us. It gives the president total discretion. And they use this term called unconscionably excessive, which define that for me in legislation. I don't think that that's possible to do. But what it does is allows the administration to, to determine if something is unconscionably high, then they can put a price control on it. And that should set off alarm bells for all of us. Because the thing that you know, we all learned through the, the pandemic was once you give the executive branch and its agencies unfettered authority, they never, ever get nope. that authority. You're never getting back. it back. It's there to and stay. So, yeah. And so today it might be the price of gasoline, but tomorrow's unconscionably excessive pricing might be implied anything from, from health care to airfare to housing or even electric vehicles for all we know. And so that's something we all are paying attention to. It's a really bad idea. Yeah. Like you said, it's only going to create more scarcity in the market. We're going to actually lose supply if these uh, price controls go into place. And that only creates uh, a worse situation for us. A lot of people I talk to, economists, say this problem is simple to solve. It is simple to solve. Things like the Trans-Canada Pipeline and more leases, all it requires is ramping up production uh, and giving the permission from the government to ramp up production. Is it that simple? Is the inflation slash energy price problem really a matter of just getting the Biden administration to allow more energy production than it is allowed? Well, I think we've got to be careful because we could fall in the same trap that the Biden administration says, look, if we just put price controls on something, it'll, the problem will go away. So I think from industry's perspective, we try and be measured in what we say because the, 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 the fuel markets, they're very, very complex. And, and when you have a, you know, the price of a gallon of gasoline, for example, only about 50 to 60% of that actual price per gallon is actually for the crude that uh, is, is acquired. The other 20% goes to refining and transportation. Another 12 to 18% goes to the state and federal taxes. And then whatever's left is up to the retailer to figure out what his margin is going to be. At the same time, only half a barrel of fuel, or half a barrel of oil is going to the transportation side as well. And so you've got uh, complex markets in the supply chain. As you started talking off about, you know, talking with about fertilizer and, and, and other things like that, when you're sending half your, half your fuel source to manufacturing, half to transportation, it is incredibly complex, and we can't just oversimplify because that does nobody any favors. What we can do is to make sure that we have enough going to all those different places, and those markets will work themselves out eventually if the government gets out of the way. Yeah, and we have a long-term refinery problem in the country, don't we, right? Even if we were to ramp up supply, refining capacity is is another challenge in this 
complicated picture. Is anybody in the government, anybody in politics addressing that challenge? Well, it is. You're exactly right. You know, and unfortunately, we really are hitting right now the perfect storm where you've got this this process of where refineries, they go down for seasonal maintenance and then they have to come in and reformulate. And that happens at the same time when you've got really high crude prices. You combine that with a long term underinvestment. We find ourselves in a really, really difficult position. Worldwide, we've lost 3 million barrels a day in refining capacity and on diesel since the pandemic. In the, in the U.S. side, on diesel in particular, we've lost a million barrels a day because of what I mentioned about uh, the refining capacity being constrained. That, was, that happened for a couple of reasons. The pandemic caused shutdowns, and then those, those, some of those aging, inefficient refineries were never opened up again, partly because of the pressure that was becoming from ESG funds right. and the White House policies. You know, so, you know, but the interesting thing is we just keep some places keep doing the same thing over over again. So this past, for example, in California this past week, pushed out, you know, new info to slash oil use by 90 percent over the next 20 years. So to our earlier point, who's going to invest billions of dollars in new refining capacity in California if the state says your market's going to be regulated out of existence by the time you, you know, you'd be able to turn a profit? So it's it's a it's a challenge. Obviously, it's probably probably the biggest energy challenge we've had for 50 years. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. In the short term, if you're uh, one of those people teetering near the edge of energy poverty, what is some advice you can give us? What is the best thing Americans can do to prepare for the next six months? It doesn't look like this is a crisis that's going away anytime soon. Well, you know, it's interesting because. I wish I, I wish I could make all of this go away, like a lot of us. Nobody wants to see our neighbors, wants to see our families, wants to see our grandparents hurting because of, of inflation, particularly on the energy side of things. That's obviously my focus. But what I would say is, you know, things may look grim right now, and they do in situation, and the odds are somewhat against us. But the reality is, is the oil and gas industry never, ever bet against the American innovation and our ability to fix problems. And similar to how it was during the pandemic when the demand collapse happened and everybody said the industry is going to go away over the next 18 months, I would suggest that uh, be patient with us. We're doing everything we can, and we are, it is in our interest and their interest that things get better, and we will do everything we can to get make sure there's product in line and we have plenty of U.S.-produced energy here. Yeah, that is such a key thing. And uh, that's what we got to be watching for, Tim. We are so lucky because you give it to us straight. There's no uh, spin. It's just straightforward facts. And I think people love that because you called this. I'm telling you, last year you were already warning in this. And by this year, you've given us a very honest picture. And we're really grateful for that. That's what people are craving right now. They hear so much misinformation. It's a really welcome thing when we can get a straight story from you. Thank you so much for the time today. We're going to get you back on soon because this ain't going away anytime soon. I appreciate your time. Really do. Thanks a lot. All right, Tim. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. What a great show. Big thanks to Mark Meadows. Big thanks to Tim Stewart. Two great guests. They brought a lot to this. And tonight, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of the Pennsylvania primary. So be on justthenews.com all night long. We'll have it covered with breaking alerts and news. And on the show tonight, on the TV show tonight, the Just the News, Not Noise show, we've got a great lineup. We've got Trump spokeswoman, 
Liz Harrington to talk about all that Donald Trump's been doing behind the scenes. We've got the Pennsylvania Republican Party chairman. That is a big person, really great guest. And we've got Carla Sands, one of the candidates running for Senate in Pennsylvania. She is going to give us a great visibility into what people on the ground have been telling her as she's gone around the state. The mood of the electorate, the issues that are moving the electorate right now. That's going to be really great insights on the show. And then, of course, we've got John Zadrozny, one of the really great experts on Homeland Security and the border, because we can't take our eye off of this next Monday unless the courts intervene more fully. Title 42 is going to be lifted and an avalanche of illegal aliens are going to be crossing the border in ways we have never seen before. You're going to want to check all that out. All right. Now, before we go, hey, we had Dr. Marty on yesterday. He's got Dr. Marty Pets. He is one of the really great veterinarians in the entire world. And he's got this great new product. You know it. You heard about it yesterday. Nature's Blend Premium freeze-dried raw dog food. It's 81% premium cuts of turkey, beef, salmon, and duck. And the rest is balanced with antioxidant-rich seeds, veggies, and fruit. It's what you want to feed your dog if you want them to be healthy. You don't want them to have any of that cellulose-based filler, all those artificial flavors and artificial colors and artificial preservatives. You don't want that. He creates a product that is 100% healthy for you. And because you're a Just a News fan, because you're a John Solomon Reports fan, they have set up a very special offer, 50% off your first order. You heard that right. Half off. Who does that? That's an incredible deal. So go to drmartypets.com, drmartypets.com slash just news. Or if you're not near a place where you can write that URL down, here's an easy way to do it. Just text the word just news to 511-511. That's not hard. 511-511. Just text the word just news. You're going to get 50% off your first order. A great deal. What a great thing. A special thank you to Dr. Marty for coming on yesterday and for making this very special offer available to you and me and all of the Just the News family. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thanks for joining me. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow with another big edition, more updates from the Sussman trial, more news all around this great country we'll be covering. It. And remember, check out our coverage tonight at justthenews.com. We've got you covered on the big Pennsylvania primary, the big North Carolina primary, Madison Cawthorn up tonight. We're going to see what happens in that race after some of the turbulence his political airplane has hit in the last few months. So we got you. Check us out 24-7, justthenews.com. And we'll be back tomorrow with another great edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless and good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.